IT. Is the thing on? Yep, sort of. Can you hear me? Yeah, enough. No, dude. Is it just one 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 of those one of those days? The rain hits. I mean, you, you wish you could just take a 47-hour nap. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's like, that was like we were in church just then. Uh-huh. Okay, thank you, Chase. Uh, you coughed up something on the front front row. Um, it's just one of those days, though, and it, it's funny because y'all don't know this, but y'all come in and you can sort of see the mood of the crowd. I mean, and it's always... If it's in a, a few of you, it's in you all. And it's sort of whether your worship, y'all, y'all did good. Y'all hung in there pretty good. Y'all weren't really into it, but, but you, you sang the songs. You were respectful and stuff. But it, it, it's, it's funny how the mood of the day can really affect us. And um, what I'm wanting is, is that not to um, deflate us for the rest of the night. Because sometimes the mood of the day can affect what we hear when we hear God speak, if we hear him or not. So I believe God has got some huge truth he's wanting to speak to your heart and into your life tonight and I don't want you to admit, to, to, to miss that, that that truth so I want everybody just to wake up a little bit now do we believe that God is the creator of all this means yes this means no you, we can do more things with your hands but you're not allowed to in church and you shouldn't do it anyways right right do you believe God is the creator of all is he lo- loving and just Right? He is. So everybody stand up for a second. Because you've learned some scripture. You should know it. But I want you to move around a, 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 a little bit. There's a verse that talks about how we, we, we all sin and, and we, 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 we come short of God's, God's glory. And do you all know where that's found? Romans what? Romans 3.23. Okay, so it's, it's, it's Romans 3.23. We'll repeat that. Ready? Go. Romans 3.23. And that says what? For all has sinned. Do it again really loud. Ready? See, it, it helps me to express it better for it. Okay, so we've all come short. We know that that's the truth. We're all lost. We can't get there on our own. And we know this. The next verse is what? Romans 6.23. Okay, repeat that. Ready? Romans 6.23. Okay. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's do it again louder this time. Y'all got it right, though. The verse is what? Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal some of you are like, I know this. Your eyes are closed. You're like, I'm almost asleep. But you're doing it, so I, I, I'm glad that. So the next verse from that, so we, we all sin, we come short. Um, and the way to sin is death. The good news is there's a gift of God. And, and we, we know that gift of God is found in the book of John, which is next verse, John 14. What's the verse there? John 14. Don't put it up. 14 6. Yes, 14.6. That's right. Ready? Say John 14.6. John 14.6. Jesus said, this is, this is how you start that one out. Jesus said, and then you go, I am the Okay, whatever, right? You got it. Ready? Let's do it again one more time. Say it loud. The verse is what? John. Stop. The verse is what? John 14, 6. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. 
That's what he said. That's what he said. And you know what? He said it with authority and power. Do not miss that. He said that's the only way. That's the only way. That's why we can laugh about that verse, and it's a fun verse to say when we do dumb stuff. But it's an awesome verse. Do not miss the power of that verse. The next one, we just went over just a few weeks ago. It's in Romans um, 10, verse 9, 10, and 13. But we're, we're only going to quote 13. Romans 10, 13. Everybody. Everybody. I know. I wanted everybody to say Romans 10, 13. I, I knew where we were going. Ready? Romans 10, 13. Romans 10, 13. Ready? Romans 10, 13. Romans 10, 13. That is... On the name of the Lord will be say. That's it, right? Let's do it again. Ready? It's what? Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be say. Good job. Sit down. Okay. That's good. Verses are huge. And that is a great hope we have. And I, 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 I want you to know this. What this says is true. We can put our faith and we can put our trust in this. And man, y'all may not know it, but you know four verses at, at this point. That's what, That may be all that you know. But you know four and you can learn a lot more. By just doing dumb stuff. But it's fun. It's not dumb, is it? No. No. That's one of my wife's sort of expressions. That was scary. We've been married for almost 18 years, 19 years. I don't either, baby. It's a long time. It's been, darling, it's been um, 18 years almost. Okay. And 95. All right. Um, we're going to go into a testify night time. And I've got some youth that are going to come up here and share. And this is what I want you to do. Sit up straight and give them the utmost respect because y'all are some ugly looking people. I don't know why y'all laugh at that. You should be insulted. No, no. Y'all are scary. It's scary to come up here in front of your peers and talk. And the one that's going to start us off is the youngest one in the batch that said, oh, go. Everybody's like going, dude, he just hadn't learned yet. I mean, everybody's thinking that. But he's going to come share. And they're sharing from their heart. And it's scary, and sometimes words don't make sense, and they may even stutter. You can laugh at me sometimes, not them. And if you laugh at me, I'll beat you up. But anyway, my wife will beat you up. She really will, boy. Man, she gets mad at a server or something at a a restaurant. Let's go. Okay, you're so cute. Just shut up. We'll edit that out of the the podcast. Okay. I'm only kidding, Paige. Now they'll say, you're not cute. <laughs> that would ruin me, but you are. So, anyways. <laughs> Getting deeper. So, we're going to have a testify night. And I've got six or seven that are going to share. Give them the utmost respect. If it doesn't make a whole, if you don't understand it all, that's okay. My God is big enough to use things that don't make sense to be used for His honor and glory because they're making a stand to just talk about how great He is in their life. So pray for them as they come up. I'll just, I might just even announce which, who's going to come up next. And so let's give a big hand for Chase Tapley. He's going to come share.
testing, one, two, three. <laughs> okay. Hey, everybody. My name is Chase Tapley. I'm 13 years old, and I'm in seventh grade. I wanted to talk to you on how I put my faith in Jesus Christ. It um, happened August 8th in 2010. I was... Um, I. When I was little, I've been learning about Jesus for a really long time, but I really didn't kind of understand a lot. I mean, I've been seeing songs, having having my parents tell me the stories, and um, I prayed that um, Jesus would come to my heart and um, fill my fill it with my faith in Christ. And apparently, I got saved on that day. And trust me, my mom was like, you got saved! (laughs) And it was kind of surprising too. My life has changed ever since I put my life into Christ. I've been telling everybody about it. My friend, his name is Brain. I um, shared him on the bracelet we've been passing out. And um, I explained it to him. And apparently he actually likes it. And he's going to learn more about it. His family isn't really like a Christian family, but they do go to churches on like um, holidays. So I really want to worship him. So um, anyways, my life has changed for Jesus ever since I put my life into him. That's all I got. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, hey, hey Chase, what's the name of, of your friend? Braden. Braden. Okay, y'all pray for him. Um, that God will continue to work in him. And man, that's cool. He was bold. Let's give him a hand again. God please. All right, Mr. David Shepherd, come on down. David. Woo! I need to fix this. Sorry, I'm not the same height as you, Chase. Just to let you know, this is very nerve-wracking, coming up here and speaking to y'all, so I don't see how Dan does it every week. I'd like to thank him for that. Okay, so, um, over the past 16 years, I've been uh, on like this crazy ride going throughout my life, having my ups and my downs. Um, my entire life, I've grown up in a Christian family, and going to church, and churches and revivals, going to camps, um... I'm not really going to use this. I'm just going to talk to y'all. Um, not going to be recorded. It's okay. Okay. I'm sorry. But it's kind of annoying me. Um, it's been it's been a challenging, really challenging ride. Um, I come up here every week just so I can come up to y'all and just praise Lord. And I can try to do my best to show y'all that God is amazing. And he's just to glorify him as much as I can. But it's all started when I was about like nine that things started changing for me. Um, I went to a revival with my parents and I just thought it'd be like I thought my parents would be really proud of me to accept Jesus into my life. And but I didn't really understand everything. So I you know, I walked down the aisle, I prayed that prayer that everyone knows that they say at every camp and all that. But I really didn't understand what I was really getting myself into. I, and then years after that, I lived my life to be a born-again believer. I had everyone fooled that I was. It was, it was like I was living a double life. 
I was at here. I was just being trying to be a role model for everyone when I had no, there was no reason for me to be a role model for everyone here. And whenever I'd go to school, I'd be a totally different person. I would never speak the name of God or Jesus at school. I'd be, I'd cuss at school. I'd be saying inappropriate things that I shouldn't. I'd do my best to be respectful to people, but it just wasn't how it was supposed to be. Um, it was my freshman year that I really fell into sin. And some of you might know what happened, but if you don't, then I'm sorry to leave you out on that. I'm not going to tell you. It's kind of personal to me. But I really just made some mistakes. And like uh, the one of the verses that Dan said was, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, they will be saved. And throughout that time, I was just down in the dumps. I was, it was really hard on me because it was a huge change because my entire life I'd be, I'd been in church and I just kind of just dropped out of church altogether. I wasn't going really much anymore and the, really the only thing that brought me back was the camp we had that summer. And, you know, I've been to camp every year, so I was like, you know, since I was friends with everyone, I was like, you know, I'll just go, we'll have fun, and it'll just be a great time. So I went not really expecting to learn anything or to, like, listen at all. But one of the nights, I think Pastor Mike was preaching that year, and one of the nights he was talking about the double life that, like, people live, and it really hit home with me. Everything he was saying was my life. And it just struck me like crazy how everything he was saying was exactly what I've been going through. And I had all my friends there to help me through everything. They were like, they were getting me, they were doing their best to get me back into church, but I was really reluctant to like just go away. But that night, I talked to Kyle Allen. He's at college now, so some of y'all might not know him. But I just talked to him, and we went through, like, everything that I was thinking. I told him everything that was going on, because there are some people at church that still didn't entirely know what had happened. So I was talking to him about that, and he really, like, he helped me through it. And that night, it wasn't, like, the first night, the first time whenever I was nine that I got saved. It was, I actually understood what I was doing, and... I actually, I, at that time, I actually did accept Jesus into my heart, and it was a huge life changer for me. Like, after that, I was doing my best to change at school, like, get rid of some of the friends that I had, because if you really honestly want to be a true believer, you are not going to be able to keep some of the friends that you have now, because they are just bringing you down, and that's what was happening with me. They weren't helping me at all. They were just bringing me down farther and farther into the depths of sin. And after that camp, it just, it was my goal to make a change. And I don't know the following this, but it's everything else I'm saying. Um, after that, it was, I like, I'm up here singing to y'all because God gave me the musical ability to sing and play the instruments. And I just really feel like God's calling me to share that with everyone that comes to this church or any other revival or anything like uh, See You at the Pole or something like that that FCA that we sing at. Um, I really just feel that God is calling me to do what it says and go go to all nations 
and I know that it's my it's my goal to strive for that, and always know that God is there for me and will always be there for me, and it's really all I have. All right, good job, David. Thank you for that. Next up is Samantha Talman. Let's give her a big, big hand.
I just keep like going and I have struggles too and stuff because we all do and it's just I don't know it's uplifting and now my life is just so much better than it used to be and all of this has happened for a reason my like past is happened for a reason and I just know that it's all happened for a reason and everything just laid out here and it's all to glorify him Good job, Samantha. Thank you for that. Let's go with uh, Mr. Stephen Moller. That's good right there. That's good right there. I can pick it up. Don't touch it. So, as most of you guys might know, um, I've grown up in church since I was real little, always been there. Not here, but same situation. And um, I've always treated it as a routine. And it's never, it, was, it wasn't really anything important to me. And it was go, go to Sunday school, go to church, sing some songs, listen to the pastor, sleep, and then um, wake up, go to lunch. And that was kind of what I, my daily routine on Sundays. And so... Um, Really, I was no different from somebody who had never been to church in their life. And I didn't show it all. No, I, I did show it all the time. Okay. Does that make sense at all? No? Okay. So, um, I always knew who God was. I knew that he had a son, Jesus, and that Jesus died on the cross for me. And that Jesus loved me. And, you know, I kind of thought that I loved Jesus too. But I figured out that... I didn't at all, and it was through the way that I was living my life. And um, I figured out that the biggest thing I struggle with now, looking back now, was that was pride. Because pride was my biggest thing, and I would always make straight A's, um, always did what anybody asked, just to get recognized for it, you know. And it's not anything on our, or it wasn't anything on my talent that. That got me recognized, and it was God, and I couldn't see that. And um, when I really recognized that what was going on, I was at a church camp. You guys would never believe that. So, so, um, and it was um, eighth grade year, I think, going into eighth grade that um, Brother Mike was preaching a sermon Thursday night, and it was living out your faith. And I was like, people know that I'm a good person, and people know that. I'm nice. I do nice things, but do they know that I love God? And you know, and that was the biggest thing that hit me. It hit me like a truck, a big truck. And so, um, but you know, my biggest thing now is I still struggle, and I hate I hate struggling because you know it, it's still hard. And you know, I I thought it was going to get easier. I was like, well, that's why I felt I didn't feel full because. I was making all these mistakes, and I wasn't right with God. And then once I got right, I was still making mistakes. And it was terrible. And I'm like, why am I still doing this, you know? But um, God will always forgive us. And that's just amazing that he does that for us. And, you know, the biggest thing that I got out of that was from that that sermon I still remember to this day was that we need to live out our faith, you know. We need to talk about it to other people. We need to just live it out through our actions. But um, I think I'm done. Yeah. Uh, all right. Good job, Stephen. Thank you. Thank you. All right. 
Sit down, you munchkins. Uh, ba- Bailey, come on down. My step one was to make it over that little stair without falling down, and I've achieved it, so <laughs> that's all I get done, all right. Yeah, a little shorter compared to them. Anyways, okay, so um, I was born into a family that was as Christian as it gets. Like, you're going to get up every Sunday morning, and you're going to hear your mom yell from her room, Bailey, get out of bed. you got 30 minutes. You missed your alarm clock. And you'd get up, and you'd get dressed, and you'd go to church, and you'd, you'd just kind of sit there because you you'd, I mean, seven years old, what are you looking for? You don't really know what to expect. You don't know what you're looking for. You don't understand even the slightest bit of glory of God, but you're never going going to accept any, like You're not going to fully understand it at any time because it's that great. But anyways, um, and then it kind of hit me when I was probably about 12 that God is not just something that you're born into. You have to accept it yourself. And no matter if your parents or your grandparents or how many people have lived it, you, you're not going to live it until you yourself say, Lord, I'm ready. I, I want you to be a part of me. And eighth grade summer, I went to church camp because I had a couple buddies that went to this church and they were like, come on, you need to go. You need to go. And I never really realized how hard church camp hits people. I mean, I'm pretty sure y'all have heard it about a solid eight times tonight. Church camp is where it's at. I mean, you go to church camp, you're going to get it. I mean, you just can't run away from it. <laughs> so, um, and um, I was kind of holding back that whole entire week because I was like, I'm about to go into high school. And if you, you're good? All right. (laughs) From this view, y'all didn't see that. That was rough. But anyways, okay. So, um, so for like the first couple days of church camp, I just kind of like sat back in the back row and just kind of chilled. And I was like, you know, I'm really not ready for this. Like you see all the stuff about high school and you see how it changes people. And you see the parties and the drinking and the people and the friends and all the things that they do. And even though I didn't want to do those things, I didn't want to fail God because how I saw it sitting in that church if I would have gotten up and I would have come to him like he was calling me to that summer then if I would have gone to high school and I would have failed him I would have felt worse so in my eyes at the time I figured instead of risk failing him let's just not go there at all and that was not good and and by the end of the church camp I was really starting to open up to the idea that I can fight it and that I'm not gonna have to worry about failing him and so I really opened my life to Christ. And for a couple solid months, I mean, it was right on. I, I, was, I was really enjoying it, and I, was, I felt really close to God, the closest I've ever felt before. And then um, a couple months in the high school, it was just kind of like a big smack in the face. It was like, yeah, you can go to church camp, but you're a minority. Like, yeah, there's lots of Christians out there, and there's those Christians that are true Christians, or the Christians that say they're Christians, but you're still a minority, and you're still going to have to fight a battle at least once a day. And after a while, I mean, I ran out of ammunition. And I wish I hadn't now, but honestly, if I hadn't then, I wouldn't be where I am now. So, yeah. But um, for about a year, I was pretty much lost because the friends that invited me to the church camp kind of bottomed out. And the people that I looked up to, I said, well, if you're bottomed out, if you bottomed out, and I'm not close to God as you are, then how in the world am I ever going to make it? So I just kind of like, kind of dropped it, and I was just like, you know, they're not going to church anymore. I'm like, why do I need to go to church? Like, who am I going to sit next to? Like, it was already like a social event. I was like, gosh, I don't really know if I want to go do that. 
So, and honestly, I kind of lost faith in the Christian people as a whole. I was like, if these people I looked up to so much gave up, what is everybody else going to do? And I honestly believed for a solid, like, six or seven months, there is not a soul out there, maybe than the pastor, that truly fights it and truly believes in it, and that's truly their faith. And then this summer, well, I, I told myself for a while, I was like, I'm going to get back into, back into God this summer. I was like, I'm going to go, go back to church, and I'm going to get really involved, and I'm going to, I'm going to open my heart to Christ again, and I'm going to let my guard down. And when that summer rolled around, I was actually out in Wyoming, and I was just sitting in the bus, because I don't know if any of y'all know, I went on a big road trip. But anyways, I'm sitting out there, he, he knows quite well, um, and it hit me, and I was just like... I know I'm afraid to fail God, and that's why I'm afraid to go back. But if I tell myself every month, next month, I'll fight the battles a little better. And next month, I'll go back to Jesus. And next month, I'll go back to church. And I keep telling myself that. It's just not going to be good. Because when I got to that point in the middle of the summer, when I promised myself I was going to get back on it, then I was like, when I get out of high school. No, better yet, when I have kids, so then I can teach them about the Lord. I said, well, first of all, how am I going to teach them about the Lord if I don't even know them? But still, okay, when the kids leave, that's when I'll do it. I kept going. I was like, maybe when I'm retired. Maybe when I'm 55. Like in that that age with like, no, just listen. Listen, listen, hold on. I have a point. I got one. And then it hit me. I was like. I'm going to be 85 years old sitting in a blue rocking chair on the front of my plantation house in Charleston. That's my dream, okay? I'm going to be chilling, and I'm going to be like, maybe it's time to go to God. But honestly, the problem with that is I can sit here, and I can think I'm fooling God by telling him five more years, five more years, five more years. You're not fooling God. Because maybe when I am 85... If I would have waited that long, maybe if I was sitting in that rocking chair, that's when the Lord would have looked at me and said, I've been calling you for 85 solid years, and you've ignored me every single one. So why do you think you could fool me? Because I'm the all-knowing, and I'm the glory. And how did you think that... Dan, your face is cracking me up right now. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) How did you think that you could trip me up? Because that's a little backwards. And then... About a month ago, after I'm not kidding, I was as stone cold to this stuff as I could get. I absolutely would plug my ears when I heard somebody talking about Jesus. Because there's those few that will go and they'll tweet about how God is and they'll do it all. And then you can think you can look up to them. And then 24 hours later, you hear something that they did over the weekend. You're like, are you serious? Have you, You failed more than just yourself. You failed me. Anyways, about a month ago... This girl, Kelsey Dupree right here, was like, I want you to go to celebration with me on Wednesday night. I was like, girl, I'm struggling getting through Sunday service, which I, I admit I was not going too much of that either. But still, she was like, I want you to come with me. And I was like, last time I went there, I got extremely disappointed because the people that I looked up to and walked with just bailed. They jumped out of the boat, and I was trying to man this huge pirate ship by myself. And it just didn't work. But... So I came with her, and probably one of the only reasons I came that one is because you were talking. And I was like, I've got to see this. I was like, this is, maybe I've got battle buddies again. Like, maybe I've got friends that can, you know, hook arm in arm with me, and we can strut up the golden path, and we can fight this, you know. And, um... (laughs) 
And as of right now, I'm happy to say that I'm in the middle of my walk into God. Like, Dan can tell you his testimony, and he can tell you how he walked into God, and now he's telling you about how he's living it. Well, I'm still walking into it. I'm not living it quite yet, but it's getting there. And I'm so happy about that. Because for the first night in a long time, I was able to go home and say I can sleep because you know where you're going. And that's a relief because you don't know when God's coming back and you don't know when you might get in your car to go to school and run off the road and land in Lofton Creek somewhere. I mean, you just don't know what's going to happen. So I'm happy to say that I'm in my walk with Christ. And I'm happy to say that I have friends now to do it with me because to me, nobody can do it by themselves. It is not going to happen. Accept it now if any of you think that it's going to happen. If you try to walk by yourself in the dark and you're like in the hood, what's going to happen? You're going to hit over the head. I mean, you got to have your bros with you, you know? So I'm just saying for all of you that... <laughs> that <laughs> I don't know, but it, it must have been good. For all of you that are walking with him now... Congratulations, because I know how hard it was to get there, and I'm proud of you, even if I don't know you. Because I'm trying to get to where you are. And for all of them that are walking into him, like me, come grab my hand, because I need a brother to walk with. And then for all of you that don't know if you want to walk into him yet, or you don't know if you're walking with him yet, you're in the right place. Because these people here love you, and they're going to get you there. You just got to open your heart to it. And I'm done. I might have two left or or one left. I've got to find out. I don't know if it's you or not, Keith. I don't know if it's your turn yet, Keith, is it? I guess. Okay. I'm up here. Okay. Uh, First of all, yes, I'm barefoot. You will survive. (laughs) Now. Um. Just like, just like Stephen and like Sam, I grew up in a Christian home my entire life. I've been coming to this church since about the age of two, but. There was a time, just like everybody, where we struggle. But before I get to that, I've been blessed since the very beginning. When I was, when my mom was pregnant with me, I was born six weeks early, and I went out of the hospital in three days. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to wait a lot. And um, uh, throughout all that time, when I was about three, I fell off a trampoline, didn't break my neck. <laughs> and then when, uh, from the ages of five to seven, there was a big custody struggle between my mom and my grandparents. Um, there are people in my family that think that when I get into my 20s, I'm going to become this gigantic drug addict. But thanks to Jesus and this little book right here, I know that's not going to happen. And coming to God is one of the hardest decisions you can make. Trusting in God is an even harder one. And there is a there, when, I, when I spoke probably the past two times, I mentioned a book called Not a Fan. That book talks about being a fan or a follower. It was about two years ago that Dan brought this book up. And when he did bring it up in small groups, it was at a time in my life where, you know, God was over here and I was chilling in Narnia over there. Because, you know, I didn't really, I really didn't care. I was just, like David was, we were just, we were, we didn't, we were just there. It was like, it was, if you, have you ever seen Spongebob when Mr. Crab sheds his shell and it's just like sitting there? That was me in church. I was like, he's bald. He's short. I hope he doesn't hear this. 
<laughs> Anyways, um, so I, uh, I, I was, I didn't, I didn't care, and that, and and that book, it, it brought me back to where I needed to be and where I am now. It, if it wasn't for that book. I can honestly say that I wouldn't be playing that every Wednesday and I wouldn't be here every Wednesday or even maybe on Sundays. Um, there are, you know, there are some verses that I have, especially, you know, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, of course. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Um, I just got to say, following God is a humongous struggle. Yes, I said it. I didn't say struggle. I said struggle. It is five times harder than anything you will ever do. And just like Bailey said, you cannot do it by yourself. It is impossible. I would make it through the hood. Just saying. I'm a African. Um, you might be a... No. But even if, you're, even if you are alone... There is one thing and one person that you can trust in at all times, and that is trusting in God. He is always there. A couple years ago at camp, I gave this analogy, um, and it's, you know, you and God are walking on the beach. You know, we're chilling, talking, and then there's only one set of footprints. And you ask God, you're like, oh, God, why did you leave me? He said, I didn't leave you. I was carrying you. Where are you at? Why weren't you walking? That, that, is, what, that is what it is. He, he never leaves you. He is always there. He is always looking down, and he, is always, he always wants what's best for you. He, I, it's hard to wrap your mind around. And no matter no matter what you have, going through a custody battle at, at such a young age, that waking up to the police in your face and it's just it's hard. But staying, my grandma keeping me in church throughout all those years. While you you may not understand it fully, then you know that he is there and what he did for you, and you can at least understand that he died for you. You can understand that part. Could you die for anybody else? That's the main question I asked myself when I was that little. Um, but uh, today, I think I made a, a, a pretty big decision today. And uh, I think I decided where I'm going to college and what I'm going to do. See, there is a college called seminary and there is a job called being a preacher. And uh, I am going to New Orleans Theological Baptist Seminary. That is such a long name. That is where Keith Messer is going to college, and that is what I decided today. And that's all I have. All right, good job, Keith. Give a hand for our last one of the evening, Kelsey Dupree. Whatever. Uh, okay, I decided about ten minutes ago that I was going to speak, so, um, yeah. So I don't know what's about to come out, so we'll just see. Um, <laughs> well, I grew up in a Southern Baptist home every Sunday, go to church, listen to what he has to say, don't really know what the heck he's talking about. Just, all right, yep, now when we're going to lunch. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and that's just how I live my life till. I don't know, about middle school. And in sixth grade, I went to um, uh, Trinity. I don't know if y'all know where that's at. It's on the west side. But um, I sat there in Bible class, and I was like, ooh, I know the answers to everything. I got a 100 on every test. I know everything about God. Well, that one smacked me in the face when I started uh, high school, and I realized... I don't know anything. I don't know anything about God. I know nothing. And I felt a peer pressure bad. 
Like, when you guys hear about peer pressure in high school, it's seriously bad. I thought I would be able to go to high school, not listen to anything anybody had to say. I'd be perfectly fine. It's, it's really tough. And anything anyone did, I was like, oh, sure, why not? Let's do that. Let's do this this weekend. I don't care. Whatever. And I had nothing to stand for. And I thought I loved God, but the past two years, I didn't even think about God, to be honest with you. I sure do. (laughs) And I just lived my life for me the past two years. Well, to be honest with you, I think it was probably about two months ago that I started coming back to church and I thought, well, yeah, I can go to church and I can still live for me. I can do whatever the heck I want. And that doesn't work out. You have to put your life into Christ 100%. There is no, well, I'll love God today and do whatever I want tomorrow. It doesn't work like that. You have to trust God with absolutely everything you do. You can't put God last with this thing, but first with something else. You have to put him in the center of every single thing you do. Because, honestly, I don't really think you're a Christian if you don't do that. If you don't put God in the center of everything you do. But, um, at Fields of Faith, that really wasn't that long ago, I guess, but, um, at Fields of Faith is when I came to the realization, I guess, that you can't keep living for yourself. You just need to put your faith into God 100% and just... Stop listening to everyone else and just focus on God. And I lost it that night because I looked back and I was like, I can't believe I've screwed up this much and done all these things wrong. But you know what? God's bigger than everything I've done. God can just wipe away all my sins. And you know what? Now I'm his. I don't have to worry about all the things I did in the past. Everything I've done now is, is gone in his eyes. I mean... I'm just a clean sleep now. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I still struggle. Like, even today, some kid was talking about in class, and he was like, the Bible's not real. That's not something that really happened. That was over a million times. Like, nobody nobody knows that's true. And I just kind of sat there, and I was like, I'm, this is not something everybody knows about. Like, nobody... I don't know. It honestly blew my mind because this is like the first time I've really encountered someone not understanding God. And I'm just like, I've got a battle ahead of me, but you know what? i got good friends here to help me out and this one right here. (laughs) Oh, and I just want to say that this kid right here probably would not be standing on stage right now if it wasn't for him. And... I've been blessed with some good friends here, guys. That's all I have to say. I really don't know that. All right, let's give one more big hand for everyone that shared. Great job. Great, great job, job sharing, sharing night. I, I appreciate that. And um, just know this, we're going to end. Uh, we're going a little late, but that, it's all good. And... Um, no matter where you've been, no matter where you are, God is so much bigger. He is so much bigger. I hope you've heard that tonight because that's sort of come through quite a few times. And uh, 
man, it's worth it. It's a fight, like Keith said, dude. It's rare when you find those that are, are, are walking the way God says to walk. But when you find them, latch onto them and go on with them. Hold them up. Help hold them up. Because we all get tired. And so uh, that's what it's about. I've got a few of these things left. Don't quit sharing your faith. Don't quit talking about God. Don't quit talking about lostness and the need for God. Don't forget. you Don't, don't stop using the name of Jesus as long as you use it in the right way. Uh, okay. Just, just do it. We won't meet next week, uh, but we'll be here the week after that. I'm going to pray and we're done. Dear God, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for the testifying that was done. Lord, I thank you that you move in lives. And uh, Lord, I thank you just the encouragement just to hear how how you've worked and how you've saved and how you've, you've given strength and comfort and your grace. And, and Lord, may it fall on everybody in this room. And Lord, for some in this room, may it fall upon their... their, their their mom and dad and their sisters and brothers. And may they know your truth and your love. And Lord, we ask for your spirit to work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Good night. Good night.